0: Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of 2024 of Bankroll Burners, the podcast for poker players who can't stop getting it in bad. I'm Mike and I'm Josh. And we are here as always to bring you some hands that we have played recently. We're going to go through them, uh live react to each other's hands and try to figure out how we could have played them better. Uh spoiler alert, they were played poorly as is tradition on this show
1: yeah i mean 2024 uh getting started with a bang you know it's the same as the same as 2023 really uh we're looking forward to bringing you another year of some you know the worst poker content you can you can imagine but you know as always if you've if you've listened and stuck with us thank you uh and to our new listeners that will hopefully be arriving welcome
0: (laughs) welcome welcome all right well josh i understand that uh Today we're going to be talking uh, talking through a bit of solver work, uh, you know, you and I each have a hand here that we've brought through a solver, so I'm interested to see, you know, if that adds a layer of depth to our analysis and further demonstrates what donkeys we are.
1: Yeah, add an, you know, another layer of, like, you know, slime to our slime. already dirty analysis. Um, yes, yes, I, I'll, I, I will definitely kick things off here. Um, I did run this hand through a solver, but it did become useless quite quickly. Just in case people are not aware what solvers are, how they work, and why they're not really applicable for the games we play, uh, solvers are basically AI or, you know, machine learning programs that, like, learn the game of poker and play it millions and millions of hands against itself to determine sort of an optimal, unexploitable strategy uh, that kind of works from a balanced perspective. And that's why you kind of hear us talking about balance a lot. Is just because when you when you're in sort of solver land, that's the terminology we like to use. However, when when people when you wind up going to like multi-way spots and uh, people are opening to huge sizes and just make you know showing up with crazy hands, you know, solvers only assume certain hands are in your opening ranges and the cards that you actually show up with, so they quickly become useless for these sort of low-stakes live games. But on occasion, when especially when you have sort of three-bet or four-bet pots, you do kind of wind up in a land where you, you are going to be heads-up and the action is going to proceed somewhat similar to how the solver might see it. And then you can kind of use it as a benchmark to see, you know, what, what, what would be correct sort of in a vacuum. And, of course, then you can make all sorts of exploits for your opponent's tendencies and your own image and things like that.
0: Yeah, and I will say, too, you know, people, you know, you're saying here, you know, it, in some ways they're useless in the games we play. I will push back on that a little bit. They're not useless. They do, uh, solvers are a useful tool for learning patterns and kind of seeing uh, seeing what uh, the computer does in sort of many similar spots and picking up on these sorts of things. Uh, and then you're able to apply those in various situations as long as you can kind of understand why the computer is making a decision it is. So it's not useless so it's just, it's, it's very, usually what is useless is to run a specific hand through a solver from a low stakes game uh is as josh said it's very rare that that is actually uh, an especially useful endeavor but um
1: we'll yeah see and, and that, that. that's that's a great point and i didn't mean to say that there's no point in studying them of course it's very nice to sort of see you know for example what different hand classes do in general on different you know board textures as the preflop aggressor or as not the preflop aggressor and we do that sometimes you know if you find yourself in a super multi-way spot and you obviously you know even if you're the preflop aggressor you're probably going to be checking a lot more but sometimes it's nice to know hey if it were heads up in a bit more of a standard spot what types of hands would i want to be continuing with on this board and that can help sort of guide your analysis towards maybe what you want to be continuing with in you know as sort of more players get added to the hand and it becomes a bit more non-standard
0: absolutely all right so kick us off here what's what, what's the setup here is this one three i assume Yep. Yeah,
1: this is the one three game at encore which has been my regular game recently um I really have to say, uh, first of all, that I've really enjoyed almost all of the tables I've been at. A lot of really good folks, uh, regs and visitors, all sorts of just, you know, been, been very friendly games. Um, lots of nice people as we all try to take each other's money. Cool. Um, and yes, th- so this hand is going to be about 350 effective uh, at 1-3. Uh, we're playing seven-handed at this point, and we're playing against a gentleman who sat down fairly recently... I don't really know anything about him. Haven't played with him before. Um, you know, he's kind of a... Not not old, but older uh, fellow. So, you know, I, my my initial my initial thought is that he's likely sort of a, a standard-ish reg, but I don't want to make any assumptions, really, at this point. Okay. Uh, and he is going to be under the gun, seven-handed. So, kind of middle position here. Um, and he opens to 15. Uh, Hero is in the hijack with Queen of Hearts, Queen of Clubs. All right. Uh, I 3-bet two fifty. Fairly standard here. Yep, yeah, it folds all the way back to him, and he calls. Imagine that. What?
0: I said imagine that.
1: I know, right? Yeah,
0: so heads-up pot, 3-bet pot. Sweet, this is the sort of thing we can definitely try to use a solver for. And we got about 3, X, three, three SPR, which is... Yeah, that's that's pretty small. Right. Uh, it's it not definitely like is pretty small. Ridiculously small they say. Once you get below 2 SPR in a cash game, not a lot of folding tends to occur. Um, but
1: uh yeah, I mean especially like overpairs, deeper. you know. And and yeah. this is kind of the thing about playing deep and we've talked about this before, but you know, if you have a 1-3 game, it might look deep, you know, 350 effective. You think, "Oh, more than 100 big blinds." But then the opens to 15 you know, and now all of a sudden you're looking at actually a fairly shallow SPR, especially if there's any sort of re-raising going on. You know, this, this pot was, there, this stack was 120 big blinds deep almost, and now we're at a 3 SPR on the flop. Um, and nothing crazy happened. So, uh, the flop now uh, is kind of where things get interesting. The flop is going to come out 8 of diamonds, 7 of diamonds, 6 of clubs.
0: Hmm, so straight... Possible on board already. Flush draw is abound. You're not blocking any of those. flush. You're not blocking that flush draw. Um, So it's not a a very good flop.
1: Yes. So the villain goes ahead and checks it over to me. And I decide to just check this one back, as I think I would do with my entire range.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you think about a low jack open. uh, Or I'm sorry, an under the gun, actually. So
1: it's middle position. It's one to the right of the low jack because we were playing seven handed in this in this case
0: yeah i mean you think about an optimal opening range for a uh for that position and call open and call a three bet they're actually not going to connect with this board all that much at all i would say like i mean sure they can have some eights um eights and sevens and even some sixes but not a lot and you are also going to have some of those too. So, I, I don't actually think this board is that bad for you in a sol- in solver land where someone is not playing too many hands here. But versus the typical live population, they are going to have hands here uh, that they probably shouldn't. They're going to have more eight sevens and seven sixes. They're going to have um, maybe some ten nines, may- maybe more ten nines than they should. Could even have some ten nine off. You know how players can be, uh, they're going to have a lot more flush draws. I mean, they should have almost no flush draws um, in in, re- in reality, but they're going to have a lot here. So I don't know. I mean, you could th- say, you know, for that reason, you're probably correct to check a lot here, but I wonder if you may be betting this board versus an optimal range.
1: Well, see, it's interesting you say that, and this is something I was pretty surprised to see from the solver, is that actually in this sort of GTO land where they're quite tight, uh, the board favors the preflop, the the middle position player, to such an extent that the solver prefers uh, them leading with almost their entire range.
0: Wow, alright, so I stand completely corrected and was totally wrong.
1: Which I was shocked to see, because I was like, alright, I, I just want to double check that this is sort of the type of board that I should be checking back on. Or maybe, as you say, you know, villains got enough hands like pocket jacks and pocket tens. And didn't you know not enough hands to connect here but yeah villain villain's supposed to, you know supposed to be sort of betting pretty much their entire range like which is which i was pretty surprised to see so so the you know given that once they check i mean this is kind of where the solver analysis stops being super useful right just because mm-hmm. they're and, and this is another sort of limitation of solvers is that if it says hey you know big blind or middle position should be checking or should be betting like 85 percent of the time here and then they check you know the hands that the solver then assigns them is are are fairly limited uh yeah
0: yeah it's probably not really worth continuing the solver at that point for those reasons but i do think that's just a really interesting learning what are these strong hands in their range is it just because they do they just have a lot of eight seven sixes yeah
1: exactly so they've uh let me click back to the flop but yes they they pretty much just have all the uh pocket eights all the pocket sevens pocket sixes they also have hands like eight seven they have more 10-9 the solver also gives them oh, wow. we're not really supposed to be three betting 10-9 but um you know if they ever open 10-9 i think they're pretty much always supposed to call it um sure. to a three bet so and then they also do have quite a lot of pocket queens um they don't really have i mean they don't have kings and aces we obviously have the advantage and the, the overpair advantage in that regard but you have they do have a lot of strong overpairs, and then, you know, they their bluffs are, like, you know, all sorts, like, ace-queen suited, ace-jack suited, pocket fives, things like that.
0: Wow. Okay. So I was uh, totally, totally wrong here. Uh, but, so, of course, they don't lead, I'm sure.
1: No, no, exactly. He, so he checked, I checked back. Um, and the solver does like checking back when the, when we are checked, to. but, as, you know, it is kind of difficult. I, I, you kind of have to extrapolate yourself a little bit here that if the board is good enough that... Uh, middle position should be leading. It's probably bad enough for me that I should be checking it back uh, with uh, alacrity. All
0: right, so totally wrong analysis. Welcome to Banquo Burners, uh, and then Hope the solver chose the split side. Uh,
1: So the turn is now going to roll off. Um, you know, kind of from bad to worse. It's not not really, but it's the ten of spades. It is not. It's not a great card.
0: No, I mean you're now losing your pocket tens, jack nine suited. 10, uh, ten eight uh which is a hand he can sometimes have here. And so, any um, nine.
1: You know any nine. I mean there's not a lot of nine nines eight. for
0: him. Like, yeah, pocket nine certainly. I don't yeah, that's that's another good point. So.
1: um well he checks again though.
0: Oh that's interesting. Um yeah well so you start to wonder i mean what is he checking a second time with here i mean he could be trapping but probably not knowing typical live tendencies in spots like this he probably has like an eight or a seven or absolutely nothing i was probably i think the strongest hand he might have here could be like an eight
1: right or maybe he's got a hand like pocket jacks where he is also like kind of equally scared of the board
0: mm, that's also possible yeah yeah, I mean, there's there's probably some value to be had here, uh, I would think.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think once he checks twice, he just, like, it's so rare that he's got a strong hand. Um, You know, like, if I bet and he, like, shoves, then maybe I'll, like, reconsider, right? But Oh, for sure. I mean, um, But I decided to take a small sizing here. I mean, I think this board is kind of unfavorable and dynamic, and I think I just want to kind of eke out the value that I can. Mm-hmm. So I bet 30, which is right around a third pot.
0: Yeah, I like this. I mean, this is pure exploitative play. I will say, like, you know, I don't know what the solver, if you're still looking at the solver here, but with those whatever 15% of hands that he's going to end up with here, I'm sure he has plenty of traps here that he's supposed to have. So, you know, it's, but in reality, just live players don't trap in this sort of spot. So it's like, I mean, the only thing I can think of is if he flopped specifically 10-9, he may have that. Right um but uh yeah I mean this just seems like an easy value bet for small sizing and then probably check back the river most of the time.
1: Well he we don't get to that point is he now check raises to but he takes a very strange sizing. He raises to seventy. Hmm. So he basically clicks it back.
0: So this could be him trying to see where he's at with a ten, or it could be very netted. <laughs>
1: Right, or it could just be him attacking, you know, because my line looks so weak. You know, like oh, check back flop, um bet tiny on turn, kind of not tiny, but bet small on turn, you know, could be sort of him making a move and just saying, ah, "I'm going to get you."
0: Yeah, I mean, look, you're you have to call 40 to win 200. You're you're getting 5 to 1 here like is he just doing this to sort of see where he's at or to just be like, ah, I'll get this young kid Uh, one out of six times. Like, absolutely. So I think you can comfortably, you can call here pretty easily and comfortably fold rivers if he bets. I don't think that, he's not going to be double barreling here with anything except a very strong made hand, Uh, unless he's, you know, he might be better than we're giving him credit for, in which case, you know, still fine to get bluffed once in a while.
1: So I, I do call here, and we'll approach the river when we get there. Um, right. But I do decide to call. So that leaves uh, about 240 in the pot, and um, 230 behind. So pretty much a pot size bet uh, left in his staff. Uh, and the river rolls off uh, pretty much a brick, I think. It's the four of hearts. So obviously, you know, it, it does add. So the final board here, I'll, I'll pause maybe. Eight, eight of diamonds, seven of diamonds, six of clubs, ten of spades, four of hearts. So... The front door flush draw bricks, um, and it does add a one-liner to a five, but I don't think that's super relevant.
0: Probably not. Probably not.
1: Um, and villain does go ahead and rips it in there.
0: I mean, I think you just have to fold. Uh, like, verse again, versus, versus the live population here, like, are they bluffing here one out of three times? Like, the live well, population... I don't think so.
1: Kind of the thing I was thinking of, I was kind of going back and, and you know, I, I was kind of thinking, oh, what a gross spot. Like, do I just have to fold? Um, but I, I guess a few things kind of came to mind. And the first is, like, I just think his line is so weird. Like, I don't think most, I don't know, I, I don't really see a lot of live players doing this, like, min-raise turn into jam with, like, a nutted hand. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like he would either raise larger on turn because, like, he's just not thinking about the stack sizes Mm -hmm. or bet himself on the turn if he had a strong hand, because, like, that's just how... I don't know. It's just, like, how players play. Um,
0: Yeah, it's true. And
1: and the other aspect is kind of... I think this is, like, kind of a crush live poker theory, where, you know, when we, like, check back flop, bet small on turn, and the board is so unfavorable for us, like, even live players are going to show up with a lot more bluffs than you'd expect, just because of sort of the, the, the board texture and the, um, you know, and and sort of the nature of our play. Our hand is, like, pretty face-up as being either, like, an overpair or, like, you know, maybe some kind of ace-king type hand that they just think they can always push around on a board like this.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I hear you. Um, No, I, I don't think it's crazy to call. Like, I do think that there is some amount of bluffing here. I just, I wonder if it's if it's really happening one out of three times that this is a bluff.
1: Right. I mean, that, that is the question. Because, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, a pot size jam is not common, right? Like, especially a pot size jam is a bluff. Like, and this is something that I've definitely been working on is just, like, folding two big bets on the river, right? Like, in, in many scenarios. But, like, it's and, and especially if the board is, like, good for your range and someone is just bombing the river, like you're just crushed. Like yeah, that's so, for sure true. So often. But, like, in a spot like this, I just felt like he took such, like, between the weirdness of his line and, like, this, the just the bat, you know, kind of the, the texture of the board, I basically eventually decided, like, you know what, I'm gonna check my hand for a diamond because, like, maybe he's got some weird flush draw that he decided to, like, min-raise the turn to, you know, try and see a cheap river hmm so I'm just gonna check my hand for a diamond and, and you know decide based on that um, I do not have a diamond so I decided to call
0: okay I mean look I don't hate it like certainly I, I, I don't know I mean I see your point point. and it's also if you had some kind of live read on the guy you know then that...
1: and obviously I don't like I said and I, I do want to make be clear that this guy had sat down maybe 20 minutes before and hadn't really played many hands
0: yeah, of course. I just meant if he had some kind of a body language tell, I was like, yeah. oh, he looked really uncomfortable or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, okay. I mean, I think it's all right. I-, I agree with you that the line doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, and I would certainly, I might get curious in that spot too and call. I guess I'm just trying to sit here in my chair and think about, like objectively speaking, how often are live players really doing this as a bluff? And I'm not convinced it's all that often, but what 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 happens here?
1: Well, he, Villain uh, announces Ace High and turns over Ace King Offsuit. Wow. So, nice. he, just, you he just wanted to make a move.
0: Very good. Yeah, I don't
1: know. I mean, in, it's interesting. Um, would you make the same play again? I think I would. I mean, I just think this board, like, people are just going to start, like, blasting. Because it is, like, as we like to say, you know, as we've made... As, as points we've made time and time again like live players do bluff and they do like they are like smart like especially like people who play a lot do for like <laughs> kind of know the game and can kind of sense weakness and often like to attack it um in the same way that we do uh maybe in different scenarios and that's why it's so important to sort of be a little bit more you know be a little bit balanced and have some sort of strong hands that we play this way and i mean this is pretty much like the strong you know up there with the strongest hands we're gonna have and
0: yeah, I mean, you think about, like, what are we doing on... Like, obviously on the turn, if we have something like 10-9 ourselves or a set, we're probably going to take a rather large sizing, I would think. Right. Uh, right, and and we should be, in a, in a theoretical sense, we should be checking back queens. We should be checking back kings, and probably we should be checking back aces on the turn. Um, so when we decide to deviate and try to exploitatively go small, um, we are opening ourselves up to being exploited by playing in a rather face-up manner. So I guess, you know, being cognizant of that, that somebody could pick up on that is important.
1: Right. So yeah, I mean, I I definitely see your point that uh, people, you know, it is a tough, it is just a tough river spot. It's like, you know, when people jam, when people make a pot size or more jam, like, at 1-3 on the river, it is off in value. Yeah. And maybe he's not bluffing at the right frequency. But, like, if he's jamming ace-king offsuit, which is, you know, not really his best... would not really be, like, a best... a prime bluff candidate, because, like, he wants me to have aces and kings.
0: Right, I mean, no, you're... Uh, you know, uh, of course, I mean, he's not structuring in that way. So, no, I like it. I mean, I I you've so. convinced me that this is, this is a, a good call, because... You know, we've we are like you said, our hand is sort of face up here, and people might be taking advantage of that. I, I think it's good. I think it's a good call. You've, you've persuaded me.
1: So. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Sounds good. So let's uh, let's move on after that. Uh, after that, yeah, river spot.
0: Sure. So I've got another heads up pot, three but heads up three bet pot involving pocket queens. Um, wow. So in this game, this is a two two. Game at Best Bet Jacksonville has become my typical live game. Um, This is three hundred dollar cap, and uh, it's we're seven handed at this point in the evening. It's pretty late. It's like I don't know, maybe it's one a.m. And I've been my tables have been breaking, so I've been moving around a lot. I haven't had any villain that I've been playing with for many hours. Uh, The villain in this hand. he had showed a bit of he, he had showed the ability to make large bets in sort of unintuitive spots so i kind of figured he was a bit of a thinking player he also wasn't doing a, a ton of limping um compared to the rest of the table so i thought you know i'm not saying he was you know some some like grinder or something but you know he clearly had some kind of sense of what was going on
1: his raising range wasn't aces kings and queens
0: correct yeah so um and he was a uh, I don't know maybe middle aged type of dude. Okay, so what's so the effective stack here? We're going to be two eighty five effective with this villain, um, and I think we should run through the hand without the solver first, and then you know relatively quickly, and then go through the solver because I, I ran this hand a couple of different ways. It's it's actually a lot less straightforward than I thought. Okay. Uh, so um, just to run through it here, so the villain in the in the uh, And the low jack makes it ten dollars standard open for this game. And like I said, I have pocket queens. I have queen of diamonds, queen of clubs. I'm in the cutoff. Okay. And I make it thirty. So fairly standard so far, I think. Um, certainly never flatting here. Yep. And uh, folds back to him, and he calls.
1: Nice. Yeah, well, you know, the, the only, and I'm, I don't, I'm not, of course, I'm not going nit- to nitpick, but I, I, one thing I've been trying to do is, you know, add a little bit to my three bets, uh, like, especially in position, just, just to kind of disincentivize callers, um, you know, that are not that player, just going like a little bit bigger. I think that might, I don't know if that's necessary, I don't know if it's like theoretical. I think you're kind of allowed to go just a bit, like, a titch bigger than 3x, you know, just.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I will say, in this SPR, I'm not too worried about it. Like, it's yeah. not going to be hard to get the money in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, that's t- that's totally no fair. It's just, you know, I, I I think it's often nice to try and... Uh, you know, I've been trying to, in general, go a little bit bigger preflop with, like, squeezes or opens over limps and stuff like that, just to try and incentivize the heads-up nature of pots.
0: No, I think that's a good point. That's a good point. It's, playing heads-up is definitely... I think we could say accurately that our edge is bigger in a heads-up situation than multi Yeah, I mean,
1: yes, definitely.
0: Um, so, uh, us acting like we
1: have some sort of edge in this game. Yeah, if we have, an, mess, edge, we if we have an edge at all. <laughs> our um, anti-edge is smaller <laughs> in heads-up. <stuff. laughs> um, okay, so what's the flop here?
0: The flop is nine of diamonds... Three of Diamonds, Deuce of Spades. Okay. Um, So, fairly disconnected board here. Um, And, of course, there is a flush draw. Uh, I do have the Queen of Diamonds. Right. Um, He checks it over to me. And I do decide to bet here. Uh, What kind of sizing would you take on this board?
1: Uh, so let's see. It's a three-bet pot, so we can go. Oh, and now we're what two fifty 250 effective, two fifty-five. Just about, about, about two fifty-five. So it shouldn't be difficult to get the money in, even if we kind of take a small, a smaller sizing here. Uh, but the board is not like there's, not, you know, it's all low cards, so maybe we can go a little bit bigger. So maybe, maybe I'd go half pot here.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Like we can try to leverage our not advantage. Um, we're, I mean. We probably have less pocket nines than him, but otherwise we have all the overpairs in here. And game, we might even so. have
1: the same. I mean, you're probably three-betting pocket nines from the cutoff against the low jack a good good amount of the time. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm mixing probably, but yeah, I have some three-bets
1: there. So yeah, I, I'm, hap- I'm happy to go a little bit bigger, but I'm also happy to kind of go a more standard one-third. Because it is like a four-to-one SPR. We shouldn't have too much trouble getting the money in.
0: Yeah, I do decide to, to bet 20 here, but I do see your, your point about going a little bigger because we have the, such a great net advantage. I will, the solver has some interesting inputs on that, that I didn't consider. So we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit here. Cool. Um, so, but it seems like you're fine with taking this, this one third sizing. Ultimately. I
1: think when you're like, kind of when you're pretty shallow, I, you know, and this probably, and, and like you have a three bet pot, you know, like a hundred big blinds or it, you know, around there and with an open to 10. So, you know, in the ballpark, right. Um, mm-hmm. that you're, You're allowed to just take small sizings a lot, just because like there's already enough money in the pot that it shouldn't be. You know, you you have avenues to get it all in by the river.
0: Definitely, yeah, and that was my thought in the moment. So that's that's why I went went ahead and bet twenty, and he did call.
1: So villain just calls. Okay.
0: The turn is the seven of diamonds, so the flush, the front door flush, does come in, and. The villain thought for a little bit on this card before checking. Which I thought was noteworthy because players don't usually think in that spot. Um it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but
1: you know. Definitely could be a live tell, you know, if he's like looking at his stack, then like I know that's one of like the most people say that's one of the most reliable live tells. Is it if people look at their stack when a card comes out, it's often because they want... They're figuring out how much to, like, bet or raise.
0: Huh. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've not actually heard that, uh, but it does make sense because, you know, live players don't think about it that much. So when they are thinking, it's it's a sign. So,
1: so Villain checks here. I, I mean, I think I still like a continuation. I think I still like continuing here.
0: Yeah, my intention at this point was to play for stacks. I mean... Right. You know, I, I I have, like, the queen of diamonds, so I am blocking some flushes here. And uh, I just thought, like, I mean, I just think live players can call me down for three streets with worse here. A lot. Jacks, tens, any, you know, ace-nine, any nine, really. Um, I Even two pairs sometimes. Uh, or, sorry, I lose the two pair. But uh, any, I mean, I'm... I, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I didn't pocket jacks.
1: You might even get called by like if he, I mean, you know, I would not be surprised if like Villain had called you on the flop with like Ace King offsuit with a diamond and that was going to call whatever sizing you use here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so is your plan here to kind of go geometric then?
0: That's exactly what I was thinking. was to bet geometric size and try to get all the money in. So you don't think it's crazy to try and get three streets here and go for stacks?
1: I don't think so. I mean, it's it's a little interesting because you know when like the nut when a nut changing card comes down, like you know sometimes that can affect our sizing scheme. Like maybe we don't go quite as large because we want you know we our opponents' ranges are probably downgraded a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but given the, the depth, it's probably I think I I feel like we can probably go geometric. I'm not opposed to the idea.
0: Yeah, so I did. I bet 75, which technically geometric would be 70, but sue me.
1: And again, um, just so people know, uh, we've explained this. Uh, we, we often use geometric sizings, which basically means you want to set bet the same proportion of the pot on the turn in the river, and that sort of forces people to uh, defend with, like, the, the you know wide portion of their range, or else be exploited.
0: Yeah. Um, and so... He does call this bet, which I mean, was okay. So me.
1: villain just calls. So we got like two fifty in the pot and like one sixty behind. So yeah, again, we pre- pretty much got a three quarters pot size bet behind. So yeah, yeah I, think close. A, I think you did think you did a fine job. Yeah, good enough for government work. Exactly.
0: Um. And uh. Yeah. I mean. I again. I felt like. I mean, I'm just curious, like, what would I do against you? Would I be going for three streets against you here? Would I be trying to get stacks and you know, someone who I know is trying to play more balance and thinking about the game this way. Um I don't know. What do you what what how would you respond if you were villain in the spot and I went seventy five?
1: Right. I mean it kind of depends on my hand, right? Like I feel like villain can probably start folding some like nine X. Is the Like thing. if you had
0: ten nine here, what would you fold?
1: Right, like you might have to start mix. I guess you might have to start mixing ten nine, cause just because like you you won't have a diamond, right? Because it's a three bet pot, so you're only gonna have ten nine suited. So mm-hmm. it's like there's just it's it's you know you're you're not gonna have that many like a lot even and even a lot of your bluffs are gonna have a lot like a pretty good amount of equity like ace king with the ace of diamonds has like a lot of outs against sure. a hand like ten nine. So you know if you if you punch that into like an equilab you know type range analysis. You know, you might not have the equity to continue with a hand like ten nine, so yeah. it's interesting. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it makes sense to use a smaller sizing, just because of sort of the texture of the board, and it's hard to find. You know, a, a lot of basically you're you're kind of restricting the calling range for like over pairs.
0: Well, I think that most live players will call with a nine.
1: Yes. No, I know. I mean, I mean against maybe a, a player who's thinking, and I might call with ten nine anyway. To be fair. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I I don't know. I do wonder about maybe checking back here sometimes or using a smaller sizing if I think my opponent is, you know, defending at the right frequency. I
1: think checking back here is okay, especially with a diamond. I mean, it's interesting. It's one of these situations that we talk about sometimes where it's like, you know, you have a diamond, so you're kind of protected. Like, if he jams and you have more ways to, like, realize your equity, that also means you can kind of check back sometimes because... You're not, like, so, you know, you don't need the protection against another diamond coming off.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I'm not very inclined to check here, ver, again, ver, versus the versus the live population, just because there's so many draws to get value from.
1: So. Yeah, and, and I also think, like, pocket queens specifically is, like, a much better candidate for betting than, like, eight, again, like, aces with the ace of diamonds. Because, like, that hand literally just needs no protection.
0: Sure. And actually, maybe I'll take it back. There aren't that many draws. I mean, there's really just like, maybe there's like Ace-Queen with, with the Ace of Diamonds, maybe Ace-King with a Diamond, Ace-Jack with a Diamond Yeah. are really the draws I'm looking to get value from for the most part.
1: But the, uh, I mean, the other thing is, right, against a live player, like maybe we just want to go for the max from, you know, if he's if he does have Jacks or 10s or a 9, you know, we just want to say, you know, he's not, he's not going to give us credit for a flush, so let's just right. go for it
0: yep yeah. so i okay so i did i did bet here for three quarters pod and he calls in so now we're on the river and the river is the eight of hearts
1: the river is the eight of hearts so the final board nine of diamonds three of diamonds deuce of spades seven of diamonds eight of hearts so the eight of hearts i mean it looks like a scary card but it's not super scary it really only brings in like nine eight i would say it's the only Right. Yeah,
0: nine eight or like I thought. versus I thought it was oh, this is a straight completing card, but there is no logical straight for him to have here aside from Jack Ten of Diamonds, which of course was already a flush.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So I wasn't really concerned about that as as I thought about it. Nine eight is a legitimate concern, I think. Um,
1: yeah, I think that's it. I would I would agree.
0: So I was, it, you know, I was planning to jam here. Still, I was gonna go with the plan. Do you think that's reasonable?
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's fine.
0: I mean, I just think you know. Again, we want to get the max from Jack's tens and some nine X that he might show up with here. Yeah, I, mean, I think it is a,
1: like a little bit exploitative because I think like it's it's pretty thin, right? But oh, for sure, it is. You know, <laughs> how do how do you how do you win at live poker? You just go thin, thin, thin.
0: Right. So, yeah, I, I think that um, it's probably not a great idea to jam here again, versus someone who is maybe defending tighter. Um, but I didn't have any sense of that this being the case with this guy. But anyway, none of that matters because he opened jams for 160. Ugh. And of course, this is the famous check call, check call, donk jam line, which is always the nuts. And so I should have just snap folded, but obviously we wouldn't be talking about this if I had. Ah, oh, so, my
1: kit's like that. This is like the line.
0: I know. It's the line. So I was like, but here here's what I thought to myself. I was like I, I was playing a full, but then I thought a little bit more about it. Uh-huh. And I was like, This line makes literally no sense.
1: I mean he could just have a flush.
0: But why would he when play I don't think players do this with I don't think I've ever seen someone do this with a made flush on the turn. Because it doesn't make any sense for them to do that. Because usually when players do this with, a, with, a, nutted, with a, a nutted hand that was already nutted, it's because they're waiting for a safe river. But there's no safe river to wait for. Right. You know, once you have a flush on the turn, there's, right. like,
1: nothing, But it could be the nut flush. no river card that would concern you. It could be, like, the nut flush that's, like, kind of thinking, oh, it doesn't really... Make, you know, I don't need to get it in now. Like, smaller flushes might... You know, I, I kind of agree. Or smaller flushes might even do the same because they're like, oh, what if another diamond rolls off? I want to make sure that I have, like...
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so, so so I, I
1: could see it. I mean, I see your point. Yeah, most of the time when this is done, it's, like, with a draw that completes on the river. And as we've said, like, it doesn't make sense for him to have Jack-10 here. Like, there's just no way he has Jack-10, unless it's Jack-10 of diamonds. Is he yeah. doing this with 9-8? I don't know. Like, the type of player to check-call, check-call, jam is might probably not going to see two pair as, like, the nuts when there's a flush on board. So... I mean I I can see a rationale I mean I can see a rationale for calling but even so I mean I'm it's still just such a strong line that like it's
0: still a line that should just always be folded to I mean I, yeah like it is really he, what is, is
1: what is he doing this what are you kind of thinking that he's doing this with that we beat like do you think that he's doing this with tens or jacks and he's kind of he wanted to see like a, another undercard roll off
0: I did actually have that thought in game that I said it. I was actually talking through this out, river out loud because I was like just trying. I, I think better out loud. And once the equities are realized, I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't care. So I was like, I guess I beat Jax, which you could do this with for value. I did say that. And I was like, I think it's possible like Jacks with a Jack of Diamonds or Tens with a Ten of Diamonds might do this sometime. Maybe. I might be wrong, but I thought they might.
1: That, that is definitely um, a hand that could take this line.
0: Yeah and like maybe wouldn't always but might sometimes i also thought that like ace jack or ace king with the ace of diamonds could play this way
1: Uh, yes i mean that's obviously giving him a lot of credit
0: yeah for sure but um i'm not i mean you know i don't think it's impossible but yeah i don't know the bottom line is I couldn't really think of value that, like, my thought was, well, I can't really think of that many bluffs, so I should just fold. But then I was like, I really can't think of that much value. Like, I could not, I was like, what the hell? Like, you mentioned a small flush so what, 6-5 of diamonds? Like, that's one hand.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is pretty much it, you're right, because of the 9 and the 7 of diamonds are accounted for. If we assume that he's not really playing, I mean, he could have, like, 8-6 or ten eight of diamonds. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's another, uh, that's another possibility, right, is that some people might play this way... Especially if there was a high hand on, uh, and they had like any sort of straight flush draw, and they just mm. decide to call to try and see the straight flush draw, so they don't fold you out. Uh, really I know it's not; it sounds silly, but I have yep. absolutely seen this happen.
0: Me too. I actually one uh, during the game that this hand occurred, and I had a, <laughs> another player berate somebody for betting their full house instead of waiting for the river to come out to see if they could hit quads.
1: Yep. Um, so, so just something to consider that you know that you know player could could do it this way with one of those hands.
0: Absolutely. Um. Yeah. I just thought it made no freaking sense. But the reality is that when someone takes this line, hand this line, even if it makes absolutely no freaking sense whatsoever, you should just fold because it's always an added hand. But I obviously called, uh, which is why we're having this conversation. And did
1: we? And did you win?
0: I did not win. Uh, I was shown pocket nines. Ooh. Which, I would argue makes actually no sense, even a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he check called check called jam. I mean, I guess he's just, villain is also just not worried about the flesh and just said, you know, vi- villain is villain is a live poker pro also who said, uh, I'm gonna get i ah that, this new this noob I'm gonna go thin for value and get his overpairs.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what he was thinking, but I thought it was. I did not cross my mind for a second that he could have pocket nines. I, right. I don't really see this. Um, but all right, I want to talk about the solver here because this is actually very interesting for this hand. Okay, do um, you want me to pull up the first slide? Yeah, please do. Uh, we'll just walk through some of these. It's not, you know, say a slide. It's just, you know, showing the uh, solver outputs here.
1: Look, I make slides for a living. So.
0: Yeah, and that's quite unfortunate. Um, so... <laughs> uh, No, I'm just joking. All right, so this is the output of his range on the flop. Uh, This is the out-of-position player's range. These are the hands the solver assigned him. One thing I will note is I ran this sim assuming a big blind size of $4 instead of $2 uh, because I thought to myself, well, what is someone's someone's 5x opening range is probably equivalent to a 2.5x opening range uh, in optimal worlds. I don't know if that's really someone's 5x open range in live poker is probably similar to a 2.5x open in optimal world i don't know if that's that legitimate but it struck me as a worthwhile adjustment i don't know what do you think of that
1: yeah i i think it's fine like i i do i know that like that's that's one like limitation of the solver or one thing that we kind of have to work around is because people take weird sizings the solver can kind of struggle to assign um, like proper ranges. So I think it's fine to, you know, and this is something we do often is just like pretend it's sort of an online hand with small sizings just to see a more realistic range. Cause this range does look, I mean, pretty reasonable to me.
0: Yeah. For the hands he's going to defend the three bit with. So, um, so these are, yeah, so this is his range. And on the flop, you know, he's checking all his hands. This makes perfect sense. I, you know, if you, I did look at the equities and we have, we don't have that much more equity than him overall, but we have an extreme nut advantage on this board, um, which yep. is what we talked about earlier. Uh, and so he's supposed to just always check here.
1: Although not- I, I, I do see that it's a little funky. I mean, one funky solver thing is like he doesn't have that much pocket nines for some reason. Maybe the solver likes four betting it occasionally. Yep. Like if you look at his pocket nines, he actually has less pocket nines than like pocket eights.
0: Yeah, so maybe the solver's doing some 4-betting with 9s or or what.
1: And that can affect the nut advantage, but that's okay.
0: Yeah. Um, So we have a pretty high nut advantage, even so, and and he does check, and so moves over to my hands now. And here's where you see something pretty interesting, which is um, that the solver's using a mixed flop sizing here, which we do see it do a reasonable amount. And usually, I think you agree, Josh, it's easier to play a a one-flop size strategy. Otherwise, the game tree is just complicated.
1: Absolutely. And we talk, you know, we do talk on the podcast sometimes about using, like, a split turn or river sizing. And I've even tried to move away from that just because I think it's really tough to implement. Um, And I already, like, am bad at, like, remembering and doing things correctly. Um, I mean, you know, it just is what it is, right? It's, like, actually, you know, it's poker's hard. And, like, you... It's hard to, like, do the right thing when you only have one sizing. Um, So I've been trying to focus on... You know, more of a single sizing, but anyway, that I digress. Yeah, but yes, I, I we do I not, agree. definitely should... don't use split flop sizings. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't try for split flop return sizing. I do try to split my river sizing a bit, but it's not always, it's not often that relevant because it's live poker and you're very rarely deep enough for it to matter. Right. Um. So at any rate, so the the two sort of the way I think about this is there's really two strategies being presented here. One strategy is a a single flop sizing. Uh, which is betting more hands. And then one strategy is a a larger flop sizing, which is betting fewer hands. And so I took the the single flop sizing is indeed, you know, this one third sizing that I did take. And so we get to bet almost our entire range. Uh, You see, that's the yellow sizing. Uh, You see, we bet almost our entire range with the yellow sizing. I mean, that's and that's fine. Uh, The other option, of course, is to split sizing and do a lot more checking and then betting quite large you know, two-thirds or 75% pot, which is that orange sizing. Um, and doing that uh, with a smaller number of hands just to sort of press our nut advantage. So those are sort of the two options presented, and I think either one is probably fine. Yep. Um, so, I, of course, we went with the small flop sizing, so we can go ahead and move on here. Nothing too exciting happens. You can see uh, this is Villain's response range to my bet. Uh, they are folding a bunch of air balls, uh, but they are mostly calling, and they're doing some raising with their own over pairs here for protection, queens and jacks, uh, which is kind of neat. But they are just calling nines. They're not actually doing any raising. The raising is red. Uh, they're not doing any raising uh, with pocket nines. So.
1: Yeah, um, all standard, I, I think.
0: Yeah, so nothing too surprising there. The turn is where I think it gets pretty fascinating. Um, so Once again, they're checking everything, as you would expect, but uh, what I did see was we actually lose the nut advantage on the turn. Okay. Um, when the flush completes. Because remember the turn here, you know, it went nine, the flop was nine of diamonds, three of diamonds, juice of clubs or spades, something, offsuit juice, and then seven of diamonds. Turn completes the flush. They have way more flushes than us. Uh, and if you actually look at the hands we have that have like more than 75% equity, it's mostly just the over pairs and a couple flushes, but they actually have a bunch
1: more. But it looks uh, to me like we, we are betting here a lot anyway.
0: It, we are betting here a lot anyway, but only for small sizing. We're never taking this big sizing, this geometric sizing that I took, uh, which is why I think is some the part of the hand this hand that I botched um, unexpectedly, I think, is uh, you're not supposed to bet large here because you don't have the nut advantage. You could, We could talk exploitatively, do I want to bet large anyway because live players call too much, and I think we kind of talked about that earlier but it is worth noting that in a in a vacuum you know playing against someone who's maybe trying to be more balanced i really would not with my pocket queens here be taking a big sizing i'd be betting small
1: yeah and and i think another part of the sort of betting small and another you know kind of aspect of live poker is that you know part of this like betting small is that we're betting small with all our hands that are betting like including our own flushes and that kind of gives us we would expect that a sort of a more balanced player would be doing a lot of raising when the nut advantage switches to them. So, taking a small size can also like induce them when we have hands that can bet call. Um, mm-hmm. But against the live population, you know, it might make more sense still to take the geometric size just because, you know, we wouldn't expect them to do as much raising. And so, we, we might just want to put the money in ourselves and try and play for stacks against some of their weaker hands.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the really good point. I mean, I, I my philosophy is really I think it's very important to understand the optimal line, even if you then choose not to take it.
1: Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think this is definitely a really interesting point. Just just note it, you know, I'm defending your line your actual line a little bit, and just another thing is because it's live poker and like, you know, the, the way people treat bet sizing, like if we bet big on the turn and got jammed on, we could probably fold.
0: Yeah. Very likely so.
1: Um, okay, so we take the small right, so sizing, which is... might make an
0: argument like, for calling because we have the Queen of Diamonds. I don't
1: know. Yeah, may- maybe. maybe. Maybe, yeah.
0: All right, well, so if you flip it over now to the villain's response, they are supposed to be jamming pocket nines, always, pretty much, uh, which is certainly what I would do in their spot. Um, they and is, are is not this legit-
1: assuming a, a large sizing, or is this assuming you took sort of the smaller sizing that it recommends?
0: this is a this particular chart is assuming the small the large sizing but i did sim with the small sizing and it's the same thing
1: yep and this makes sense to me because the pocket nines now you know while it was very sort of nutted on the flop um and it doesn't need to raise once the third diamond comes out like it does want some protection against your sort of over pairs with the diamond it just wants to put the money in
0: yeah absolutely so it, it makes sense and you see a little bit of jamming from jacks as well and, of course, Sevens is doing some jamming as a set. Um, but uh, mostly just check calling for the most part. Not a, even a ton of folding. Uh, blue is the, the
1: fold. So, um, Well, I, th- I think it's folding a lot of pairs without diamonds, I, I would assume. Yeah. But like, the, like nice. when you look at the pocket eights, the blue is folding, the green is calling. So I, it looks like it's probably around, like, you know, folding the ones without the diamond.
0: Yeah, that's right. So... Okay. And then the river here is pretty interesting. Um, You can actually see there is a good that the lead jam on this river exists. This is the actual play that the solver makes. This is the villain's range on the river when the river comes to eight of hearts. The solver is jamming most of its made flushes, uh, certainly nut flushes, second nut flushes, along with some uh, blockery hands like Ace King with the Ace of Diamonds.
1: Yeah, and um, it obviously doesn't need to be um, bluffing that much because of the, or I guess if it's a small sizing, is this jam for like pot sized bet? Uh, yes. So I guess it doesn't need to be bluffing a fair amount.
0: Yeah, there is. This is this output is pretty much the same for both these. Whether I took a small turn sizing or a large turn sizing, this is pretty much what it says the out of position player should be doing. What villain should be doing is is really ripping the flushes. So I, I think it's pretty cool to see that that is actually a real line. Check, call, check, call, dunk.
1: <laughs> but it is worth noting that, to your point, that pocket nines makes zero sense. Uh, pocket nines make zero sense. Uh, yep. And actually, your hand is quite well set up, if our opponent was playing optimally, um, to actually be kind of a hero call. Because it blocks, the holding the queen of diamonds actually blocks a lot of his value and none of his bluffs.
0: Right. I don't block. Most of his bluffs are going to be ace king with the ace or king of diamonds. So I unblock both of those. So it's, it's quite, I think it's, I think this is probably supposed to be a call. I didn't check, but if he does jam, open jam here, I am probably in theory supposed to call my hand. That being said, in live poker, never make this call. But <laughs> yes. Um, and
1: that's, and then here's where we talk about why, you know, ignoring the solver. Um.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, anyway, you can see, he, he, you know, at this point, uh, you can move to the, the next one. I, I simmed it as though he checked, because I was just kind of curious what it would show. And it does show me checking back pocket queens and not jamming pocket queens, even though I took a large turn sizing and set up the jam. It thinks jamming pocket queens is just too thin. That's true. Also, if you go to the next slide, the, if I took the small turn sizing, because this is my range if I took the small turn sizing, as I'm supposed to. yeah, uh, You can see it's still not jamming pocket queens. It is checking back pocket queens always even with a pot size bet behind, it's just too thin, which is pretty again, I don't think it's too thin in live poker, but uh it is noteworthy that it's too thin uh for the solver uh in, in theory world.
1: Absolutely. Um fascinating. Yeah.
0: I thought I don't know. So I think this is it's interesting to just see kind of what this sol- like the solver does not like going for thin value in that spot. And that actually surprises me. Honestly, it does. I, I would think it would. The solver is a greedy bastard. But um, it, in, in this spot, it's like no opponent is too nutted. So, Yeah. All right. Well, we can move on.
1: Cool. Well, uh, as we reach the halfway point, uh, please remember to like and comment and subscribe. Uh,
0: or just do one. If you could just hit subscribe, that in and of itself would just be like, that's like the nuts, man.
1: Yeah, that is like the nuts. And speaking of the nuts, also feel free to let us know how you feel about uh, our solver content, because we are, you know, we love, we like, we like looking at it, we like talking about it. You know, feel free to chime in.
0: Yeah, if you think it's really dumb, then just let us know. We will never talk about it again.
1: That's probably not true. <laughs> yeah,
0: never true. All right. Okay. Uh, go ahead. What, what's the what's your second hand here?
1: Okay, this is again from a one three game. This is from a different table, uh, but. ...the same game, Encore Boston Harbor. In this particular hand, we are 400 effective, and the main villain's kind of an ABC, uh, older live poker dude. You could kind okay. of picture him. Uh, you know, he's yep. very... Uh, everything I had seen is that he was very limp call happy. He, you know, was not showing a whole lot of aggression. Um, and uh, we're going to find ourselves in a fun spot. So, we are uh, UTG plus one... Uh, which means it's no, there are going to be zero limpers. Uh, we have Ace of Heart, Ace of Diamonds, King of Hearts, and open to 15. And we get two callers from the small blind and the big blind, which is about as good as we can hope for.
0: Yeah, we're in position. All right. Yeah. Uh, obviously, small blind here is going to have a very condensed range of mostly small pairs, maybe some suited broadway type stuff well
1: maybe in theory in this game small blinds range is going to basically be big blinds range okay I, w- I would say in in general in i people do not treat the small blind as sort of a three bet or fold or call condensed range type thing
0: fair enough, fair enough. okay so but yes
1: in theory you you would think well the flop is going to come down eight of clubs five of diamonds deuce of hearts
0: Hmm, not our favorite flop, I would say.
1: And it checks to me.
0: I mean, I don't know. I could see rationale for betting or checking here. Certainly, heads up, I would bet.
1: Yeah, I think heads up. I mean, it's tough for our opponent to have all that many strong hands. We're really value betting ace king heads up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we can take. I think we can probably heads up, bet this board with all our hands for a small sizing. Yeah, I think that would probably be correct. Uh, but multi-way, I don't know it's probably fine to just check this back try and realize our equity
1: Ace King is also a nice hand heads up to like bet the flop and then just like check back turn and evaluate river because it's like mm-hmm. so strong as a you know the nut no pair
0: yeah
1: so I decide uh, I to know. check back I mean it's multi-way. I just think that you know one of these opponents has probably connected in some way with this board um, you know it's pretty likely and if not then I have the best then I like have the best hand and can kind of evaluate turns
0: yeah I think it's fair I mean I would probably tend to mostly bet hands here that you know can pick up backdoor equity in some meaningful way which ace king off is not one of them
1: yeah that's a good that's a good point too maybe ace king of diamonds could be a good good bet I think so okay well off to the turn which is a much prettier card it's the king of diamonds uh, and small blind checks and big blind who's the main villain uh, bets out for 20 that's 20 into
0: 45 um i probably like a
1: raise I I think a raise makes sense uh, what kind of sizing should we use here
0: well I don't know that we can get the money in can we if we if we made think. it like 80 could we get the money in
1: no. no, not really. Then there'd be two hundred in the pot, three hundred behind.
0: Yeah, so that's probably less of a concern. It's more just about, I, I, so I don't know. I'd probably make it like three point two five x or something. So I don't know, like seventy dollars or sixty five dollars, something like that.
1: Okay, I I decide to go for sort of a smaller raise. I take like a one third pot raise just to try and keep all his hands in. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. So, I bet f- I re- I re- that, that sizing winds up, winds up being 55.
0: Yeah, I mean, 55-65, you know, it's not a huge difference. I, I tend to think players over-defend... I tend to think players are fairly inelastic to sizing in these spots. So, I would pref- I prefer to take a bigger sizing. Sure. All here, but...
1: I mean, now um, that you say it, do you think it makes any sense to, like, raise to 80 and then, like, jam river? For, like, 1.5x spot. Seems like it might be a little thin.
0: I don't know. I mean, certainly he could have a set here. Right. You know, like, so I don't... Versus we never can? So I don't really know that that makes a ton of sense, at least in theory. Definitely not in that This guy is so bad that he will call with anything. then yes, I would do that for sure.
1: No, we'd pretty much be targeting like exclusively like King, Queen, King, Jack.
0: Yeah. So probably no. Yeah. So then, so
1: then maybe going small and then, you know, making a sizable bet on brick rivers makes more sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, you think about like, if you're raising turn here to sort of a reasonable sizing, like let's say in the neighborhood of 60, which you are, you can get called here by some diamond draws, um, which he could have some, not probably not a lot, but he will have some diamond draws. Uh, you might be able to get called by some eights as well, versus if you made it really big, he probably doesn't call with an eight. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting what you would do on. It depends on the river, I think.
1: Where, and we do have if, the Ace of Diamonds. It's worth noting. Sure. So that that does kind of put a uh, you know it. We're we should be less scared of a diamond a diamond river, but also our opponent won't have as many flush draws to call us down with.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean. You block his auto calls, which is bad, which is sort of a bad situation to be in when you're trying to get value, um, certainly he would call here with any, you know, not diamond draw, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't think it makes a ton of sense to go huge here, I think we're mostly targeting worst king X and 8X here, which, so I think about three, around 3X makes sense, which is kind of what you did here.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I, th- I'm, I'm glad to hear that, I was not so sure on my ray sizing, um, just, wanted to run it run it through. So yeah, I think we just, just want to keep most of his hands in. We do succeed as the small blind gets out of the way uh, and the big blind calls.
0: One th- I guess one thing I will say about this raising it. De- well, no, never mind. I was going to say about raising to... De- think about another reason you could raise to 80, but I, I don't think it makes sense, so... <laughs> okay. Um.
1: Well, we're off to the river, uh, which comes the three of spades...
0: Which Basically is, a brick.
1: Yeah, so the the final run out here, eight of clubs, five of diamonds, deuce of hearts, king of diamonds, three of spades. So, you know, hands like ace four get there, six four, and if he's got a hand like king three suited, you know, which there's only one combo of, you know, he would have made two pair. But, uh, so, I mean, I think this river's very safe, and if checked to, I think we'd definitely, probably, we'd probably bet like a hundred.
0: Yeah, it's interesting what sizing you would take. I mean, at this point, it's like, Will he call you with an 8 for any sat? For like, is there like a sizing you could take where he'd call you with an 8? And I think the answer is... He probably would call half pot for an 8? With an 8? Probably?
1: Right. But would he yeah, bet... He what probably, do you mean, if he calls 75, would he call 100? I don't know.
0: It's probably pretty... He's probably indifferent at that point. I might go... up. I probably think betting 100 is, is fine.
1: Well, we don't get to that point. Um, He looks at me... And starts shuffling his chips and says, "You have Ace King, huh?" And then he bets one sixty-five. Hmm. So the this is an interesting situation because it's not really a check call, check call, donk.
0: It's a check. Well, it's only a single check call.
1: It's a bet call, which might be oh, you're stronger. right. You're
0: right, you're right, you're right, you're
1: right. He bet. I yeah.
0: Um.
1: So he bets one sixty-five, which is a slight overbet. It's right about pot size. Um. You know, he just, like, assembled a massive stack of reds and just, you know... I mean, I would call. Bombed it. You think we call here? Yeah, I'll call. I mean, what well, is I mean, what, uh, what do we a, beat? I don't, think, I don't think he would
0: ever do this with a set. It makes no sense.
1: I mean, if he thinks we have ace-king, then, like, he definitely would.
0: No, if he thinks we have ace-king, he'll check-raise.
1: Right. I mean, maybe.
0: I mean... I, I don't know. I he thinks we have ace like look i don't know how much how how thinking this man is but like if if he believes we have ace king then he's gonna assume we'll bet
1: maybe like i don't know right that's like this was like such a weird spot because i was like wow he's like can he like because i mean my line does look a lot like ace king right um it, of course it does uh but then like when he he's over betting the river like, what do we think he has that we beat? Like, we have the Ace of Diamonds, too, so it's like he can't have, a, like, a busted nut flush draw.
0: Yeah. Like, You're I right. don't know.
1: Do we just say, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the other the other thing is we are, I mean, we are pretty close to the top of our range, right? Once we check back flop and then hit the king.
0: Sure. I mean, we can have... I mean, yeah, we're basically the double. We can have, like, oh, a- I
1: mean, we can have some Ace-4 ourselves... Sure. Right. Probably all Ace Four we might bluff with at some amount.
0: Yeah, we could have some Ace Four. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't see live players take this line very often. Like.
1: No, me neither. Maybe. That's why I brought it on. So I was like, I have literally no idea what's going on. Yeah. But like, I again, it's. I mean, it's another tricky, it's another tough river decision for the bankroll burners team as, uh, you know, it's like live players are getting good, man.
0: Yeah, or we're just getting worse. Um, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. The the fact that we're at the top of our range, like, I think we could use that as a heuristic and say, well, I guess we should call, but I, I see merits to him. I mean, why would he say that? Like, I don't really understand speech play. Like, I never, I feel like most people who do it don't understand it either, so I usually just try to ignore it.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. But I, I was kind of like, wow, well, like, I don't know. Like, this kind of circles back to what I was saying in the first hand, where, like, this board is, like, pretty darn good for me at this point. Like, I have all the strongest kings, and, like, he really only has sets as, like, strong hands, or maybe some random two pairs. So when he just, like, bombs the river, it's, like, pretty worrying.
0: Yeah, maybe he has pocket threes.
1: That would be a heck of a call on the turn.
0: I mean, it would.
1: Yeah. Well, I I could see merit to calling just because we're at the top of our range. It's definitely a very exploitable fold. Like, if we do fold. Because, like... But the other thing is, like, what what I wound up deciding is, like... Again, I, I basically looked at my hand. I was like, oh, you know what? I have the Ace of Diamonds. If I was going to call here with Ace... If I If I wanted to call here, I probably would not want to have that card... Sure. So that's basically what I wound up deciding, and I, I did decide to fold.
0: I think it's fine. I, I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. I'm at a loss with this hand. This is weird. I, I think it can't be that bad either way. There's actually a really... There's an old episode of the Red Chip Poker podcast, which I quite liked this episode. They talked about if your opponent does something really weird and you are wrong, like, you really shouldn't care. Like, it doesn't matter because... Like you're almost never gonna encounter this spot ever again, so it's like whatever. Yeah. Like it does. It's 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 a real. It's like just random variance basically. So I don't think it really matters what you did here. Like obviously, it matters to your 165 dollars, but I don't think in the long run, like whether or not you make a call or a fold fold here, is the difference between you being a winning player or a losing player. We're gonna be losing players no matter what. So yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, I just basically decided, like, you know what, if I didn't have the Ace of Diamonds here, I'd call. Because maybe he does this enough with some weird busted flush draws that are super funky. Yeah. But, so. as is, I, I decide to fold. He does not show, uh, but uh, he does claim that he had pocket fives. Really? Okay. So I mean, he could be telling the truth. You I mean, you know, and, and you have to think that from some weird twisted way, maybe he was thinking, ah, I would check back Ace King here. So, this young kid is also going to check back ace-king here, so I need to get my value.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, maybe you owned his soul, maybe he owned yours, we'll never Yeah, and
1: to your point, you know, it probably doesn't matter. Yeah, so... So, yeah, I just thought that was kind of an interesting turn-and-river scenario.
0: (laughs) No, it is interesting. It's weird, man. I don't know what I would do. I probably would call, but I don't think... I could not... I think folding is maybe slightly better, but
1: it's just like yeah i mean it's like when people bomb the river it's just so annoying
0: yeah god that's why we try to do that right it's
1: the yeah i mean absolutely okay well i've got
0: a i'll take us home here with a hand that uh i this is one of those hands where you can just tell me whether or not it's a punt so um
1: (laughs) all right it is all right we're done here
0: you probably already can just say it is so this is gonna be uh, a good old limped pot, one I, of our favorite things.
1: And this is this is this another two two hand.
0: Yes, different game, different table, different night. Actually, daytime game.
1: <laughs> we love a um, good limped pot. Actually, we hate limped pots.
0: Now we do. I've come to appreciate them in a way because they're just so goofy.
1: Let me pot. Let me just interject briefly and say that I hate. To, I I didn't participate in limped pots to such a degree last night that an older Southern guy said that I was Like, oh, we got someone crazy at our table and gestured to me because you know I dare to three bet you know five percent of hands,
0: yeah, absolutely wild. And I
1: was very that's happy wild. because I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm getting paid off,
0: yeah, absolutely, that's what you want. So,
1: um, so what's our stat?
0: What's the effective stack? Uh, we're only a hundred and fifty dollars effective with the main villain, and we are 350 effective with the other villains.
1: Oh, god.
0: But it's a limp pot, so...
1: Yeah, okay. That doesn't mean anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, there's three limps to me. Uh, from, like, late position, mostly. Okay. Um, well, it's, like, a couple late position limps and a small blind, of course. It's a 2-2 game, so the small blind just checks.
1: Got it, yep. And we're in the and big I'm blind. in the big blind,
0: yep. And, uh, I have Queen of Diamonds, Six of Hearts. And, of course, I check this hand... Knit. Knit. Um, and the flop comes Jack of Hearts, Ten of Diamonds, Three of Hearts. Okay. Uh, so as we can see...
1: I I don't like where this is going.
0: (laughs) I flop myself an overcard, a backdoor straight draw, and a a fake backdoor flush draw. (laughs) So
1: in other words, you miss.
0: I absolutely smashed this board. (laughs) uh no this flop checks all the way around
1: okay and there's so there there's four total players right
0: correct there's four players
1: okay checks around good
0: not not really interested in this pot at this point
1: that makes sense I'm, i thought you were i thought something bad was gonna happen
0: yeah but the turn is a favorable card for us it comes the king of clubs which gives us an open-ended straight draw
1: yeah, and no one can really be that strong here. I mean, you know, not, not a lot of two pairs. The, the flop checked around. It was a limped pot. So it's it's tough for anyone, really, to have a strong hand.
0: Yep. And, and I'd say you
1: actually could have the most strong hands, because you can actually have all these weird, bad two pairs, like, you know, king three offsuit and jack three offsuit and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and the small blind can too, of course, but they check here. So it's good for me. And I go ahead and bet $10.
1: Yep, and I think that I think that makes sense here.
0: And the hijack, who is a nitty reg, calls. Okay. Um, and the cutoff, who I know nothing about, makes it twenty. Aye. The small blind folds. Okay. And I decide to get. Creative. With a bet three bet. Okay. Because my thinking was that the cutoff really cannot be very strong. Min raising over a bet and a
1: call. Right. What about the hijack though? If the Just hijack's calling. kind of nitty and calling in the middle. How, how well, strong do you think? Like how nitty are we talking? Like what do you kind of expect the hijack to have here?
0: Uh, a, king a king or a jack.
1: And he might fold that to a three-pack.
0: I think he'll fold king. It's Uh, probably not a very strong king, or he would have raised. He definitely has a... He definitely has a raising range that's, like...
1: You know, he would raise, like, king-queen. Or queen-nine at this point, or something like that. Yeah, sure. He could have... I mean... So, who's the short stack in this situation, and who's the bigger stack? The cutoff
0: has the short stack.
1: Uh, So that is a little... That is a little worrisome, just because, you know, I think folks with... You know, min-raises can be can actually be somewhat nutted when people are super short
0: okay right i think that's, that's fair that's... i mean my thinking was that i can um probably fold out like I, th- I don't know i thought he might just be doing this with like a random king but i i do see your point that like it can because he's short relatively short this could be rather nutted i guess i, I did not consider that in the
1: but, I mean, I think it's okay to 3-bet here. I still don't think anyone can be that strong, and you can just kind of throw your throw your weight around a little bit. Like, I, I don't think... I do think people will overfold in this spot. Um, what's your plan if you get called? Uh,
0: I will... It's very river-dependent. I think if any draw gets there, I will jam... My plan is to jam river, and if it's a brick, I probably
1: give up. I think, that, I think that's fair. Like, I think if a heart rolls off, you can probably jam. Um, or... I mean, what if like a queen comes off? Do you think we could? Do you think we can check? Well, at that point, there's a one-liner to, to an ace or line. a nine. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I probably have to give up, but
1: the... I, I think so. Okay, so I, I I think that makes sense. So if we get there or the flush draw gets there, we can probably go for it. Um, and if it bricks, then we give up. I I, I I'm a, I think that that makes sense. So yeah, how, how much think, do you make? it? Like, I also just want to say what are the bluffs like that I would
0: use as a triple that I would jam river with if we if like a draw or if a draw bricks if there's if the river's a total brick I probably could still jam with a hand like maybe 10-9 no heart
1: I was going to say I think 10-9 is a super sick bluff because it blocks the straights that our opponents can actually have like queen 9 uh, and like just any random two pairs that they have, um, and like once we get called, our 10 is like very very rarely good.
0: Right, and and like having no heart, I think, is important as well.
1: Yeah, um, so I, yeah, I agree, awesome. and, we, and we should have. I mean, we probably have some 10-9 suited. You might open some pre-flop um, and check some, and we definitely have all the 10-9 offsuit. So yeah.
0: And I, I also think Jack Nine maybe even.
1: So. Yeah, Jack Nine oh, is, we is getting to have a little close bit more we, showdown value. You yeah, we but. might win with Jack Nine.
0: So okay, um, <coughs> well actually no. I think after I go bet, call, raise, I my jack's no good. So.
1: Okay, um, so, so so what's our sizing here?
0: I actually only make it forty-five because of how shallow he is.
1: Right. So if he, I'm not
0: really expecting him to necessarily fold right now.
1: Right. So if he calls, it'll basically be a pot size bet on the river. Yeah. So maybe we could go a little bigger and kind of do a geometric thing.
0: I think that's fair. I think I could have gone. A titch larger I guess in my I've started to develop this thing about like three bets it like on other than pre flop. Not like non preflop three bets is they're so polarized that like you don't really need to use big sizing at all. Like it makes more sense for them to be small. In the same way that four bets are so polarizing, usually you use a small sizing.
1: Right. I don't know if that's correct, but I don't know if that's correct either. Um I haven't really studied my like turn three bet sizing. In limp yeah. thoughts <laughs> multi-way. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. So, so I, I think be... it's I think it's probably fine either way. But I do I actually do think that like the range like their range here can be elastic. In that, like if you made it like fifty-five or sixty, you're gonna get a lot more folds now than if you make it forty-five. Mm. Like if you make it forty-five, I think he's never folding right now. Um, and obviously, like yes, you you will have a little more fold equity on the river. But I I, I think if you go like. 60 here, you might actually start getting some folds here and still have a lot of fold equity on the river.
0: No, I think you're right. I think that's probably should have been like 60. I think you're, you're correct.
1: Okay. So we make it 45, and does the hijack call?
0: No, hijack folds,
1: and the cutoff folds. Yeah. And I, yeah, that makes cutoffs getting like quite good odds also.
0: Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I think going a little bigger would have been appropriate here. So, but the river comes the eight of hearts. So the heart draw does get there. And I it doesn't change
1: my... any straights available, right?
0: Nine seven gets there.
1: Okay, doesn't change. that Doesn't change any traits of
0: health. Yeah. So, I think we stick with the plan here. Yep. I rip it in. Okay. And we get absolutely snippety snapped by King Queen of Hearts.
1: Well. Yep. I mean that makes sense. I mean that's 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 fine. Like it's kind of interesting to think you know if villain had King Queen no heart. What's is he is he I think he folds. Is yeah, he probably folds.
0: I think I can fold out two pair with this line to be honest.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like I do like I, I do like the line. I think your hand is pretty well set up for it. Um obviously our opponent like is at the tip top of their range.
0: Yeah, like literally they sh I mean, first of all this dude limping like overlimps with King Queen of uh, Hearts is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um but uh, what are you gonna do? I mean, yeah, I, I guess um, my thinking in game was like literally nobody ever has any bluffs here, so I have to bluff.
1: No, I, I, and I think that's fair. I think people absolutely will overfold like crazy to this line. And you know, when we say overfold, too, it's not like they're actually overfolding to the population. Like they're right. probably fold. They're probably underfolding against the population.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think that you know this. This was a, an unfortunate result. So you don't think this was a pun?
1: No, I, 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 don't, I don't. I mean, I don't think we have to three bet the flop to be to <laughs> not, I mean, the turn. Do we be, have
0: to take queen six offsuit for a bet three bet?
1: To be to be clear, I do think. I mean, we can probably fold to the raise. Like I don't even think we're priced in to the raise with our with like eight outs, some of which might be dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I'd have to go back and look at the actual equities, but I I I wouldn't be surprised if we're not even priced in.
0: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: Like, if we kind of assume our opponent has a king-ish, which is fair, so I don't know that we're, like, even priced in there. Um, but I, I mean, I think that it is certainly a, I think it's a fine line to do. I wouldn't do it all the time, either. No, for sure not, but... But I, no, I don't, I don't think it's a punt.
0: Okay, all right, well. I think it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I like to find these creative bluffs. It's you could say it's it's how I like to play the game. It probably I don't know if it costs me or makes me money in the long term, but yeah, uh, hey, I
1: tried to bluff you with pocket tens. So yeah, that
0: was pretty sick. Good thing I good thing I called like a donkey.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That and that's the problem with finding creative bluffs too is that sometimes people just call like donkeys. Exactly. But I don't know. I I'm I'm good with that.
0: Okay, well, that's it. Thank you, viewers. And listeners for enjoying another hour and starting off your year with an hour and a quarter or so of bankroll burning we really appreciate it as always
1: happy 2024
0: uh may you not go broke this year and uh please please like comment and subscribe
1: yeah we uh we really appreciate it it helps the channel and uh happy new year good new year bye everyone